Titus 2, uh, verse 5, we stopped last time with uh, the instruction of the older women to the younger women. And we stopped with uh, the word kind in the ESV. So self-controlled, pure, working at home, and kind. And this is for uh, teaching what is good, training uh, the young women uh, in their homes. And if they're going to love their husbands and children, as expected in verse 4, they have to be these things in verse 5. And if someone is struggling, a young uh, mom, young uh, wife, is she struggling in her home? I would love as a pastor to give her to uh, to build a relationship with older women in the church that can train her uh, over time. Training is a, not a, a once and done thing usually. No. Um, mm -hmm. To love their husbands, love their children. And if they're struggling to love their husbands and love their children, where do you start? And so we probably with verse five would start here and say, okay, you're struggling to love your husband and love your children because you're not self-controlled. You're not pure. You're not working at home. You're not kind. And then the last one here is um, submissive to their own husbands. This word uh, submission uh, we'll see it uh, again for the slaves down in verse 9. Submission is a definitely an unpopular, as unpopular as homemaker is, workers at home in uh, this verse as well. Submission to your own husbands is not all women are to submit to all men. And so uh, there is in junior high and high school, probably a, as the young men grow taller and typically stronger than the young ladies, they are like, well, we're men and we're, <laughs> we're better than you because we are faster or stronger. And therefore all women have to submit to all men. This isn't the case in a culture. This isn't a case in the church. But it is the case in every particular home because you notice the words here that submit are submissive, be submissive to their own husbands. So in the home, uh, this is obviously the young women are to love their husbands and love their children and something's going wrong in the home and likely the culture is a stronger influence than the church. And the church isn't without resources, isn't without instruction. And so if you're going to help younger uh, ladies in their home, um, spending time, and I looked up these words to be self-controlled, to be pure, to be working at home, to be kind, to be submissive to your own husbands, you're going to have to, if you're gonna be older and training the younger, to walk through these and maybe take one of these words, one of these concepts a week, or maybe even one of them a month until they really start getting it. So self-control um, in speech, in action, 
you're going to have to, if you're building a relationship with young women, find out how they're not self-controlled with their speech, how they are not, uh, the second word there in the verse, how they're not pure, how they may be slandering their husbands and their kids. And now with the technology and social media, when you slander, it used to be when you just talk to someone, you may have other people that hear the slander but when you put slander on the internet you can't control who sees that and then who shares that post with someone else and all the struggling moms who have the same whatever issues with their husbands they all find each other on the internet on these blogs and on the posts and the slander gets really uh spreading like wildfire and it's doing more destruction like James says, the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity, mm -hmm. more destruction than the wildfires in Canada and Hawaii and all the other wildfires combined. So a culture that is known for their lazy, evil, uh, out of control and lying, this kind of thing, you add social media, you add the internet to lying uh, evil beasts and lazy gluttons <laughs> you add that and the the chance of spreading this kind of culture is so fast and so destructive and now here we feel like we have a bucket of water and we're standing in the midst of this wall of fire that's coming at us but we, we need to remember from second corinthians 10 that we looked at this past sunday in sunday school the weapons of our warfare aren't weak they are divinely powerful. So you don't have just a little bucket of water and you're giving this and you're trying to put out the, mm -hmm. the, the lying and the, the evil, the slander, and you're trying to put out the laziness in this person's life while they're getting bombarded with all of this culture all at once. You have God's word. You have other godly people in the church that can help you uh, to train these younger women. Uh, you have pastors uh, that are teaching what accords to sound doctrine in verse one. They are by themselves back in chapter one, five to nine. They are um, godly and they know the word. They know maybe uh, more of the word that can help you apply uh, the word. And so you, you, you're not just by yourself with what you can come up with in, in discipleship. You're connected, hopefully, to a vibrant church that has resources. And you have the internet as well that have and, and godly books that can help you mm -hmm. uh, to, uh, to give you wisdom. So submissive to their own husbands. This is the fourth. This is the fifth thing here in verse five that the uh, younger uh, women are to um, to learn, to be trained in. There is not one young lady, no matter how godly, no matter how godly of a home she grew up in, that when she says, I do at the altar, wants to submit to her own husband. <laughs> Any more than a husband's going to want to love his wife as Christ loves the church in mm -hmm. Ephesians 5. Mm -hmm. This is training this is practice 
if you train to run a marathon, you don't go out one day and train and the next day you run the marathon. Mm -hmm. You don't train to play the piano. You have one piano lesson and then you go play in church the next Sunday for the congregation to sing. It doesn't happen that way. No. Training takes time. It takes years and years and years. And so in a local church, we, I want to, as a middle-aged pastor, to see everybody connected, everybody growing, every marriage healthy, every home to look like this, everybody that's godly, coming from a culture that is like Crete, and you're like, this is unrealistic expectations, right? So training takes time. It takes years. It takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of Think of training wheels on a bike. And so mm -hmm. if you as um, an older woman in verse three, don't feel like you are ready to, don't feel like you're ready to um, come alongside, come alongside a younger woman. What do you think as a church we could do to help you. You feel overwhelmed with, you're reading Titus 2, you're like, I'm not ready for this. What do you think we could do as a church to, to help you? Be there for them and help them as much as we can. Okay. Anything uh, in particular, any specifics may come to mind? Maybe make a meal for them. Okay, I'm thinking of an older woman in our church yeah. uh, that are not ready to to help the younger women. Oh, you're talking about oh, right. Oh, okay. So you say, "Don't put me with a younger woman yet." All right. Um, what do you think we could do to help you? As uh, uh, also for the older men, um, older men, uh, you don't feel like you're. That God expects them to be there for all people. Okay, so God ex God expects this kind of godliness yeah. in all. Just take a little at a time. You don't have to do every single thing at once. Yeah, like you said, like training for a marathon. Just take a little bit of this. Okay, so take a little bit at a time. Yeah. So if you're training for a marathon, maybe you run a half a mile the first day or walk half of it and run half of half a mile mm -hmm. <laughs> and then the next day a mile and the next day a mile and a half and the next day two miles and then you work your way you work way up so looking back at the qualifications of the older men of what titus as the pastor training other elders and then those elders looking for older men who are sober-minded dignified self-controlled and the dignified there is respectable if you have an older man who's not respectable how long does it take for him to earn the respect in a culture is that instant longer. no <laughs> what's that longer longer right right he is known as, and let's let's imagine today that we have a someone in a culture who is a used car salesman who's known for being crooked all right and he gets saved and he's, let's say he's 60 years old in the older category. He's 60 years old. He's got this reputation in town as being the crooked used car salesman. And he gets saved. 
He comes to church the next Sunday. Someone, one of his friends led him to the Lord, or his family members, or somebody that bought a car from him and wasn't happy with the service. <laughs> they got built a relationship with this guy, led him to the Lord. He comes to church, and he is known in town for being the crooked used car salesman. Mm-hmm. Or going back to verse 12 again, we keep going back here. He is known as the town drunk and or the town drug addict drug dealer uh the the um the guy who is loose with women okay put put any of the in in bible times the tax collectors right Mm -hmm. pharisees other people um known to be uh out of control in need of grace need of christ um the woman at the well falls in this category, right? Yeah. So what does she need? What does this used car salesman need? He's not going to be able in his first months, year of coming to church faithfully. He's not going to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and steadfastness. Coming. You think of Paul. I mean, he persecuted the church. Think of this man. Yeah. I mean, that's saying, he came, and mm-hmm. they came mm-hmm. alongside it. You know? mm-hmm. And he's got it. So you got to tell these people, spreading the word. Let's pray together. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Mm-hmm. We just read Galatians 2. Do you remember how many years Paul spent in? being discipled not three it it does mention three galatians 2 1 14 14 years it took him from the time that he trusted christ um and going away and being discipled studying the word with the holy spirit's help now Uh, he doesn't learn it doesn't say he doesn't learn from the apostles, uh, so he is taught directly by Holy Spirit. And as an apostle, uh, is different than than us today. But that's not replicable as as Titus two is uh, replicable, and that we should be doing this. So it's going to take older men helping older men to be like verse two until they're ready. It's going to take older godly women to help the older ungodly women in verse three and four. So if you're not ready to train someone else, you go into the gym and you say, hey, I'm here to be a personal trainer. And they say, have you had any experience? Nope. (laughs) Do you know how all these machines work? Nope. Do you know (laughs) anything about the human body? Nope. Do you know anything about nutrition? Nope. Uh, You're going to have to get some training. And they they may, if you're serious, they'll give you the best personal trainer. And it'll it'll take you weeks and months and years likely before they'll give you clients or before they'll hire you to be a personal trainer. But in the church, um, there is this assumption that older women who have been saved for so many years are godly. But that's not the assumption that Titus makes here. 
what does he say? He says that the older women and the older men are to train the younger in these things. And I'm going to assume if you can't train somebody that you still have to be trained. So there, there really is no sidelines in Christianity where I want to come to church. I want to learn and I want to watch everybody else do what Titus 2 is expecting of Christians. I want to watch the older and the helping the younger, and I just want to pray for them. So give me who to pray for, Pastor. Okay, we'll pray for them. Pray for so-and-so because they're in the trenches and they're helping these younger women who used to be liars and lazy, and they're, they're, they're teaching them how to love their husbands, and there's a lot of work, and it's a lot of grief, and there's a lot of ups and downs in this <laughs> discipleship, but I don't want to be part of it. I just want to sit on the sidelines. I don't see sidelines in Christianity as I read through the New Testament. Now you can, as you and I are reading through the New Testament as a church, there is faithful Christianity and there's unfaithful Christianity. There's worldliness and there's godliness. There is immaturity and maturity. There's carnal and there's spiritual. There are people walking in the flesh and people walking in the spirit. But what I don't see is people that are walking in the spirit that aren't doing what is expected of godly people to do okay so this isn't hard except if you're stubborn stubbornness rejects god's way of doing things and tries to come up with a better way of doing it and if you come to church for let's say 30 years you've been coming to church here and you haven't had someone helping you training you and you have it in your mind, I am not going to do Titus 2 for anyone. What? You're telling God that <laughs> what you see here in Titus 2 is, is for everybody else, but not you. Why? Are you better than other people? Well, that would be Pharisee, Pharisaical and not healthy. Or like 1 Corinthians 12 that we read a couple weeks ago, that I'm not good enough because I'm not a teacher. I am not a valuable part of this body. No, God puts you in this body because there are, and God gave you experience in life and he's given you his word. He has given you godly leaders to help train you so that you can train others. Christianity is never meant to be a lone ranger thing. Even the lone ranger had Tonto. He wasn't really by himself. Okay, so all of us need each other. And in a church, we realize we need each other. In a culture that looks like Crete and it looks like 112, we realize as a church, we are very different than the culture. The culture is making fun of us. The culture is going to persecute us. They're going to laugh at us. They're going to think, as Paul did, that by taking Christians and putting them in jail, he was doing God's will. And killing Christians, he was doing God's will. There are people in the world that think killing Christians, they're doing God's will. And here we are as Christians, wanting, hopefully, to do God's will. And maybe not realizing that you've been part of the sidelines, not because you didn't have resources. Is it because... You didn't want to be in the game. You didn't want to be used of God. And so this isn't quick. This is going to take a long time. Question or comment? Yeah. Could you possibly read 
the verses three and four, because I've been an old King James, mm -hmm. and, and I don't have any training in here. And so I'm totally lost in some of the stuff you're saying. Okay, so why don't you read three and four and let me compare with what you're the looking at. The woman, likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderous, not given to much wine, teaches of good things. That they admonish the young woman to love their husbands, to love their children. All right. So admonish is the word train. It's trained. Yeah. So we don't use the word admonish too much and that, but we do use the word train, training. Um, other than that, verse three looked almost identical to, yeah. um, to what we we're looking at in the ESV. So admonish is the word train. Um, and that word train is, has got the idea of this self-controlled. So you see the word self-controlled in two and five and six, that word train is, um, to live out being self-controlled. Okay. So, and if you have a trainer, they're going to teach you to be self-controlled because you're out of control in whatever, or you're not using the machine, right? Or you're not exercising, right? You're not eating, right? They're going to train you how to do that so that you can be physically healthy when it comes to godliness. We need to live out trusting God like the godly men sound or healthy in trusting God, trusting other people, loving God, loving other people, and then steadfastness, enduring, patient with God and patient with other people. And so what does that look like um, in life is that we're coming alongside older, helping the younger. And there is, like I said before, um, in the course of doing a Bible study, does the Bible say uh, elsewhere how to love your husband? How to, what are the roles of husband and wife in the home? It does. This isn't the only passage that says, love, love your husband and no idea how that looks like. We just looked at today's submissive, okay? Is there any other passage that talks about wives submit to your husbands? Yeah. Ephesians 5, right? So you have other passages. So this is where scripture can help you interpret scripture and where you can go and study that other passage because this just mentions it in passing in a list and you're like, well, what does that look like? Okay, so if you're going to do a study with the younger lady who's struggling to love her husband, go back to, there's first uh, Peter 3, there is Ephesians 5, there is all the way back in Genesis 2, the design of marriage in the first place. Uh, you look at the godly women uh, in scripture. Look at how Ruth, um, as a virtuous woman, do a study through Proverbs 31. So there's a lot of other scripture that puts meat on the bones. This is kind of like the bones, but of the skeleton, but there's other scripture that we can add to it. We don't have time to do that in every study or we won't get through even one verse in, in one, one time. And that's how it is often with training. You may talk with someone for an hour and you get to talk about like one word or one phrase. Cindy? I think also it could represent um, if you have daughters in the home, you're training them, getting them ready to go off in life and mm -hmm. how to love their husbands, how to love their children. And it's also by through your example all those years mm -hmm. and being older now you see maybe there's a, a young woman in the church that didn't grow up having that kind of training 
Sure. So training in the home and it was mentioned training your daughters while they're in your care. Um, It is very likely in Creek culture as well as our culture that a mom and a dad training their kids is becoming more and more rare. So we will have children coming to youth group and kids for truth that only have one parent or they live with grandparents and mom's in jail and dad is who knows where. And so they have lived more than a decade or, or two decades and they have never seen a Christian home and they come to a church and they're watching us like, okay, you guys are way different than the culture, but training them to, uh, to think in a godly way. So what you'll see in um, at the end of verse five is reasoning. So when, when Paul gives us commands and then he gives us a reason for the commands, it, it like causes us to, to pause and think and like, what is really at stake if I don't obey these commands? Okay, what happens if the older men don't help the younger men and the older women don't help the younger women? We just come to church, we all learn together and we leave and we don't interact and we don't influence each other's lives toward godliness. What is the result? Well, let's look at verse, the end of verse five. If the young women don't do this, if the older women don't help the younger women, then the word, I'll let you... uh, Look at it there, the end of verse five. What's at stake? What do you see there? Not the, yeah, the word reviled or blasphemed. Does the world need any help to blaspheme God? <laughs> if you've lived in the world, interacted with the world, and those who hate God, they are looking for any more ammunition they can get to blaspheme God. And so what, what should we assume here then? If the church is not different than the culture, if the younger women don't love their husbands and don't love their children and they're not self-controlled and they're not pure and they're not working at home, they're not kind and they're not submissive to their husbands. The world says, you guys go to church the word and you study the bible and the bible has no power in your life to change you from me then i scoff at your god i scoff at the power of the word of god and we say yeah that's a sad reality when you and i come to church and we leave the same the word of god hasn't pierced your heart it hasn't changed your life so here is a godly life the older men and the older women and they by spending time with god they are self-controlling they are respectable in the culture the culture can look at them and say why are you different Why are you honest when everybody else is lying? Why are you kind and pure when everybody else is an evil, out-of-control person? Why are you a hard worker when everybody else is lazy? Why do you control what you eat when everybody else is a glutton? 
And a godly person is going to give who credit? Is going to give God credit. They're not going to, oh yeah, look at me and all of my self-control <laughs> and all that I've trained and now I'm a trainer. No, a godly person is going to give God all the glory for that. So training may sound like I could never do that. But if you have loved your husbands, ladies, you have loved your children, you do, um, you are self-controlling, you are pure, you are turning off soap operas, you're not listening and, and uh, watching trash on TV. You are working at home, you are kind. You're submissive to your own husbands, you're submissive to authority that God has in your life. And in this context as well, you'd have to be submissive to the church, which the elders and Titus is teaching. Um, you are being trained. Older women never arrive. Older men never arrive. Uh, they're always learning. They're always looking to be more self-controlled, more healthy in faith, in love, in steadfastness. So a an older godly um, man or woman is always growing. And as you're growing, uh, you are an extremely valuable asset to a healthy church. And that church is countercultural. So the two reasons for being part of a healthy church, and we'll stop here, is that the godly home is influenced powerfully by a godly young woman who is consistently and personally influenced by at least one older godly woman and likely more than one in a local church but at least one older godly woman. This, the uh, godly young woman through her home shows the whole world, the power, the wisdom, and the love of God that's written about in the word of God. Okay. That, what I just said, is on the bottom of last week's prayer sheet. I don't think it made it to this week's prayer sheet. At least I didn't know that I didn't get to it uh, last week. So the godly home is influenced by godly young women. And this isn't, this is countercultural. The culture says it's okay to be lazy. It's okay to lie. It's okay to be an evil, out of control person. It's okay to live for yourself, even as a, a wife and a, a mom. And no, no, it's not. And as the young men are to be self-controlled. It's not okay to do whatever you feel like doing um, for the older men. Tell the younger men we'll hit them hard uh, next week. But godly women greatly influence godly homes. If you don't have children in your home, and you have had children in your home, you are a godly uh, example. If you've never had kids of your own, you can know God's word. You can still come alongside uh, and help. How many young moms would love to have a godly older woman, whether she's had kids or not, to influence her, to spend time with her, to be a resource. Hey, can I talk to you about this? And you say, you can call me anytime. We can meet together. We'll go through God's word. If you don't know the resources, you don't know the women's Bible studies or other resources, we would be happy to uh, assist you. This is what 
elders do, we equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And ministering to uh, the next generation is at the heart of, it is the ministry. And if you're not ready, you say, I'm not an example. I am not the godly older woman that's described in verses three and four. I want to be, then I'll probably give you a godly woman who can, an older woman who that you respect, who can walk with you and say, okay, it's okay if you aren't there yet. It's not okay to never get there or never desire to be there. Because this isn't Christianity where I'm just fine with being an ungodly person in a godly church. Because then you're, you're not adding to the health of the church. You're always a liability. You're always in need and not able to give spiritually because you have to be the recipient of other people's uh, ministry. Stop there and uh, take any questions you may have.